All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario show. And as always, looking forward to connecting. It's been a minute, but nevertheless, here we are. And uh, since we've last connected, Mario, there's been lots of things unfolding. But we're going to do our best to try to make sense of all this, filter through the noise, and see what's really going on. But before we do that, how are you doing? I'm I'm well, Mike, and uh, I uh, think uh, w- what you say at the end of all our shows, you know, peace mm-hmm. is, uh, and also love is that are the two most important things people should focus on. Because yeah. I I feel with what's going on in the world, they're trying to make us, uh, you know, hate and be divided. Uh, that that's that's what I think is going out out there in the world, unfortunately, and we need to uh, not fall for it. Right, right. I do agree. The whole divide and conquer, man, between the distractions, you know, in the mainstream media, the narratives they're trying to feed us is like it's hard. I've learned that over the last several weeks, it's hard to really, you know, find the truth in amongst all this. You know, what I'm saying like we get, you know, these spins off, spin off of their versions of what they want us to believe, and all along there's something bigger at play, and it has everything to do with the global debt or global sovereign debt crisis, as I've been calling it for the last couple of weeks in particular, just because as you focus on the bond yields, we got just the deficit spending. We have this bogus GDP figures. We have a variety of things. So before we get into all that, I want to make sure we welcome everybody to the uh, live stream. If you're wherever you're tuning in from, definitely hit the thumbs up button, show your support for the channels. And then we're going to go through several headlines, share our two cents on it. And then at the end, get some Q&A. So make sure you guys share your thoughts, ideas, suggestions, and uh, we'll go from there. But uh, let's kick this uh, live stream off, basically just touching on some of the figures that came out today. And so let me uh, go over here and we'll jump on these real quick. So, Mario, I guess from this, you had a chance to dive in. What, what are some things that stood out to you from these figures today? Well, you know, the PCE, core PCE, that's the uh, uh, inflation uh, data that the Fed focuses on. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if anyone believes that uh, inflation is only rising by 3.4 or 3.7, you know, mm-hmm. there's the old saying, I have a bridge to sell to you. But if you go to the other numbers, the Michigan numbers, you know, that's a survey. It's yeah. not run by the government, that statistic. And mm-hmm. you can see that uh, the general public, you know, uh, they expect inflation to be higher next year. Um, yeah. you know, uh, and it's gone up by 1% since the last survey and they expect inflation to be higher as well in five years and consumer expectations have dropped massively from 66 Mm -hmm. to 59.3 so Mm -hmm. um you said at the beginning that uh, the uh, gdp figures are bogus yeah Yeah. they they were bogus in terms of uh showing the health of the real private sector economy but in terms of GDP, they were real because the, mm-hmm. uh, the GDP uh, statistic is a Keynesian uh, construct in, in where a big government uh, has to know what the economy is doing so they know how much to tax and spend. Yeah. And, uh, of course, GDP looked good because government spending has been so high. Uh, as you uh, showed me earlier, the deficit is uh, yeah. like over 6% of GDP. Yeah, so here's the headline. Of course, I, I ranted on a little bit last night because I went through this past week. I went through several charts just showing how, you know, throughout this past what several months, especially in this year, the government has thrown out so much, so much favorable statistics for themselves. Low un- all time low unemployment. And we have uh, just, you know, the job numbers have always been favorable for them. I'm thinking like, you know, is you they, they give us this hype 
news, but then it's always revised, you know, several months down the line. So these GDP figures here, more than likely, come sometime Q1, they're going to say, yeah, it wasn't really that high. It's just whatever they typically do. So I thought this was very interesting because outside of these distractions here, like, you know, everything that's been favorable for them has covered up all the real things happening under the, under the, with the ball, with mainstream. And it's just, uh, it's hard to, believe this anymore and of course jenny yelly coming out saying that uh you know deficit spending is not a part of this is like ah okay yeah she said uh treasury yields and bond yields are are going up because the economy is strong and it's not because you know uh the the debt increased by 250 billion in one day a few weeks ago or you know the deficit is like in the last fiscal years almost two trillion and, and you yeah. look at that you know uh we we are running um the U.S. is running a deficit that equates more with, uh, you know, with the recession or, an, or a crisis. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the other thing is, if you look at the U.S. debt clock, and I talked about this this morning in my video, the mm -hmm. uh, income uh, tax revenue is actually going down. So an economy that is doing so well, how come, you know, tax revenues are going down? And right. uh, But ever since 08, as you can look here, They've never really been able to get back towards, uh, you know, even like two and a half percent, even, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I'm going to be balanced here and say even during the previous administration, uh, the deficit to GDP was pretty, pretty big there, as you can see, you know, yeah. and the, they were still in power in 2020, don't forget. And I know that was the, the, the crisis, the crisis that we had. Yeah. So... I mean, can you imagine if what's happening? Um, and I think that that's the whole thing, like you said as well earlier, the more the system becomes unhinged, the more that debt that uh, they need to keep issuing and, and the more interest rates go up, the more crises uh, we're going to have so they can blame it on those crises, not on the fact that they've been printing printing money for the last 15 years and uh, keeping interest rates low and spending, you know, deficit spending like there's no tomorrow. We can always blame the, the latest crisis for it. Right, right. And just real quick here, I'll read this from Joe Consortia says, the United States hasn't made uh, hasn't made more than it spends since 2000, 2002. The strongest GDP numbers you're being sold are fueled by even larger uh, fiscal deficits. There is no real growth in the USA. It's a multi-decade debt fuel bender. So, um, yeah, the charts don't lie, man. The charts do not lie. And even the, the surplus there during the Clinton administration, that was due to a technical tweak. You know, we're not even sure if there was a real surplus because the debt that was increasing at the time so how can you have the debt increasing in a surplus and i remember uh, before that big crisis in 2001 mm -hmm. president george w bush he just been minted as president and he said by 2008 we will have paid off the national debt not the <laughs> deficit the national debt and here we are uh i don't know 22 years later and we're at 34 trillion almost yeah and climbing there's it's no way out man there's no way out uh and so we we know where this is heading the unfortunate thing is between now and then i think this military conflict in the middle east is going to be a lifeline extender for the economy because at some point 
uh, especially with this airstrikes in Syria. I think our government's going to really get on that war path of trying to talk about securing our assets and all types of things like that. And we got the new House uh, speaker who apparently is in favor of Israel. Like, you know, it's a funding side of things and more than likely going to be more, 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 more currency created. Therefore, more yeah. debt taken out. Well, yeah. The only hope I have in Rafi, who's uh, in the uh, war zone, he said mm-hmm. the, that hopefully the, the system will collapse before they can start anything. That's the only hope I have. But if not, the the currency is still going to be trashed because uh, they're going to, you know, they'll have a a big crisis to justify. The other thing that worries me, uh, this crisis uh, that we have is, you know, is just like a, it's just like a next crisis. You know, we had the 2020 and then we had uh, Ukraine and now we have this. Mm -hmm. And this one, uh, I just feel like it's so divisive. Uh, and, and yeah. it's fracturing the world as well in terms of like the Western world and the BRICS and the global South. It, yeah. It's like very similar. And yeah. um, you listen to uh, different people, uh, different leaders from the West and from the other countries, and they're totally opposed in their mm-hmm. views about what's happening. And, and yeah. that's why, like you, I'm concerned that this could uh this could uh, escalate to a much bigger crisis, but we'll have to see. And as I said, in the meantime, yeah, don't fall for the the hate or the division. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just want people to be happy, you know, and not fight with each other. But uh, they're, they're extremists uh, on both sides, you know, yeah. uh, of the aisle. And I'm not just talking about uh, the countries in the Middle East, about everywhere around the world that there, there seems to be um it's really uh, i can feel it all right right now two two things i want to mention you mentioned you know rafi and him being in the war zone and him saying that the collapse might come before but at this current moment you know what exactly would a collapse look like because i'm thinking we go to military conflict all government's going to start funding all this therefore more debt expansion stock market going to take off and everything's going to start looking favorable for those assets that have been propped up the bubble bubble related assets and then gold commodities, you know, might more than likely will do well. Is So what would that collapse actually look like would be my thought process. Because the way mm-hmm. they've been kicking this can down the road is like, okay, bond yields go up or down. I mean, whatever. Yeah. Life will still go on for all these entities. So, like, how the would only, that collapse play out? I thought about that. And the only thing I can think of is that the countries that have a 180 opposed view to what's happening in the Middle East, countries mm-hmm. like China, Iran, uh, Turkey, even Erdogan made a speech. I saw it was mm-hmm. quite quite a, an interesting speech. I'm not defending it or, not, or uh, going against it. I'm just talking about it. That's what people need to understand. I'm just observing. But mm-hmm. uh, I think what would happen if uh, it escalates, uh, a, a lot of the countries that are opposed to escalation, they want a ceasefire. They have a lot of uh, treasury reserves, mm-hmm. and um, yes, the U.S. could freeze all of it. But before the U.S. could freeze it, they they could come out and start selling all their treasuries. I mean, mm-hmm. Japan is a an outlier because they they will go with the West. But uh, China, you know, all the uh, Gulf countries, they have a lot of uh, treasuries because of all the mm-hmm. oil they've sold over the years, uh, and that could. Uh, 
put a spike up on interest rates and then the Fed would have to come in and uh, do a uh, pivot and start doing QE as an emergency. Mm-hmm. And that will uh, basically, yeah, it, it would disrupt the world though, you know, yeah. uh, and can, <laughs> I, I think the West still uh, depends on a, a lot of goods and raw materials from these countries that would mm-hmm. be uh, on the other side. So, yeah, it, it, I don't know, Mikey, but, uh, <laughs> right, yeah. it, uh, <laughs> you know, or maybe something would happen out of the out of, out of left field that would uh, hammer things. Uh, right, right. Then, um, because the, the common trend is an event response, which is, you know, more fiat currency creation. And then euphoria takes place in the markets. People get excited. Then another event. So it's like that, that cyclical nature of things like, you know, what really would a collapse look like? You know, even in the, in the fiat world. You know, yeah, like, I, I, I think I would, uh, the ultimate collapse would be a gold and a silver going stratospheric and uh, you not being able mm-hmm. to get any more gold and silver. Because even Greenspan said that in times of war, he said an extremist, uh, you mm. know, the o- only form of payment will be gold. Fiat mm. currency during times of especially a world war would not be accepted. And, and that would be the death knell of the dollar. And right, right. Um, the, the question is, is there still any gold left in Fort Knox? Right. And so I think that right there to me is my answer that I think he, that I want it right there. You know, gold and silver takes off like literally the manipulation and all that future stuff, the comics, all that stuff literally is done away with. Yeah. And true price discovery yeah. comes to the world where we like, wow, like and the maybe, numbers start going so high. <laughs> maybe you could bring up that story about the LBMA because I think that. Might yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that. And I can let's go over that for the viewers. Yeah, so let me bring this up here. So this goes right into what we want to touch on yeah. uh, in line with the gold situation. So this is the yeah. blog post from the Bullion Star. Ron yeah. Manley put this up here, Yeah, and it talks about gold. So why have all Chinese banks disappeared from the LBMA gold price auction? Mm. Yeah, that's the London Bullion Market Association. And yeah, there's some big, uh, the biggest Chinese banks are, were members of the LBMA and now they've left the LBMA. Some people argue that they don't need the LBMA anymore because uh, a lot of the gold trading is is being done in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. And the other uh, reason it could be that they know what's coming geopolitically. So uh, they're going home (laughs) before everything uh, kicks off. And um, the uh, Bank of China, um, like... uh, not the central bank, but there's the Bank of China Commercial Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of their uh, big uh, offices in London is just across the road from the Bank of England. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sure they have a lot of gold stored there. And you have to wonder whether uh, they've shipped all that gold back to China because would they want to leave uh, their gold in London? And uh, from from reading about this, the fact that Bank of China and others are not participating in the LBMA, LBMA anymore. I wouldn't be surprised if all the Chinese gold from underneath the city of London has gone back to China, because if you're going to have a, a major conflagration, <laughs> you want your yeah. gold close to home because uh, when a war starts, you know, like I, I think during World War II, mm-hmm. uh, in the early days, the French shipped 
all, all their gold reserves from uh, from France to uh, Montreal in Canada because yeah. the Germans were coming. They knew it. So, yeah, so that's interesting there. And so the fact that, um, you know, like all, all this is taking place under the surface, but on the surface, they forget they're giving us war, debt and destruction, everything in between. And earlier you mentioned about, um, you know, the the, the issue, the issue we talk about the issues in the Middle East. And I was thinking, you know, on one of my rants earlier in the, in the week was, you know, prior to the last what since October 7th, ultimately when the Israeli Hamas situation kicked off backed by the U.S., funded by the U.S., promoted by the U.S. You know, that's where I, I want to encourage people not to be so much in your feelings about these events, even though I'm sure they touch nerves because you might know yeah. people whatnot. What, what, what do you mean promoted by the U.S., though? I mean, not promoted by the U.S., but um, so the Israeli influence over the U.S. is very strong. Oh, we yeah. are supporters yeah. of Israel. And oh, so yeah. whatever Israel, Israel can really do no wrong, It's it, it seems. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so the U.S. is always more so in support of them first before anything oh, else in that region. Definitely, yeah. So and, that's uh, what I'm referring to. And so my Rafi, whole point, Rafi, I guess? What Rafi said about the dollar collapsing is that uh, if it were to collapse, then Israel would be in trouble because Israel gets a lot of help from the U.S., Mm -hmm. Correct, correct, correct. And so prior to this fall, from from we started talking about the whole peace movement from President Xi doing all his rounds of promoting peace, uh, Saudi Arabia uh, prince talking about all the peace. So there was a large amount of peace deals being done that didn't, that didn't that did not include the West. And then we were talking about like you know sometime soon something's going to happen because yeah. the Bricks, West can't go around Bricks, promoting all this. Tension, yeah. So I'm like, now we have the Eastern Hemisphere with all the peace talks is unraveling right now, and then also we have the West agenda to keep things as is that unipolar world, and it's all right now colliding in the Middle East. And so how it plays out, who knows? A lot of people say World War Three. I'm like, uh, you know, like you know, God forbid. Even uh, Jamie Dimon came out saying that his biggest concern is a nuclear event. And I'm like, oh, let's not go there yet. But this is another can-kicking mechanism to create more debt to keep the monetary system in play. So not oh, necessarily yeah. focus on your feelings. Focus on the numbers. The numbers don't lie. Something has to give, yeah. and it focuses on the currency. And unfortunately, yeah. uh, us as individuals can make uh, – <laughs> we can't really make much difference uh, all we can do is uh, the only difference we, we can make is uh, to the people we uh, interact with to make mm -hmm. sure that we we are honest and nice with them and, and deal fairly. Um, yeah. And yeah, they, they really want to ratchet up all the emotions. And, and unfortunately, they're succeeding. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's... Uh, the days we're in. Uh, but I just want to get that out real quick. But let's let's get back to this one graph in gold. I thought this was important as well. Uh, you sent me this, and it says gold is up fifty eight percent versus Nasdaq so far this century. And so that's a uh, pretty uh, pretty significant, I would say, because right now the tech sector and the overall <laughs> overall equities market uh, in the U.S. is uh, on shaky ground. It seems. Yeah. So this is always encouraging. <laughs> Yeah, this is from North Star Bad Charts. They they do a lot of technical analysis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's interesting that um, I didn't realize that gold was. Uh, I, I know gold is up a lot this century. I didn't realize it was outperforming the Nasdaq. So there you go. And uh, that chart there uh, up on the top right, you know, on my side, looks mm -hmm. like it's forming a bear flag, like a uh, head and shoulders. Sorry, 
yeah. big head and shoulder, which is bearish, would, which would mean, yeah, gold could continue to outperform the NASDAQ. And how would that happen? That doesn't necessarily gold will go up massively. It means that the NASDAQ could go down quite a bit or mm -hmm. gold could go up and the nasdaq still go up but not as fast as gold there's a but it, it certainly is an interesting trend line yeah yeah and then let me get to this last uh uh gold let me see if i can find it where is it at uh, yeah so this is another chart you sent as well from david blair and uh, it says after almost 200 200 200 surge in gold prices in 11 trading days we've known we now have almost a week of profit taking and consolidation signs are beginning to show that the next important move for precious metals may well be higher much much higher gdx is closing a volatility today as well so yeah uh, i mean these, these are all like uh, more for traders but yeah it's interesting to look at and uh yes i'm sure the bullion banks you know uh, i i watch the the gold market almost the whole day so to speak i get up early here in london and uh, a lot of times gold is quite strong and then by midday london when the us starts to come in <laughs> and then just before the stock market opens in the us gold is usually sold off i mean if gold only traded in the us it would still be at uh, a couple of hundred dollars i i would say and there's still some that think uh, that gold is not manipulated <laughs> Right. And so especially when it comes to silver, just the fact, you know, I was listening to one, I think, with Mike Maloney's video the other day, and they were doing some graphs, and they're talking about out of all the commodities that's listed, silver is the only one who is nowhere near its previous all-time highs, <laughs> even well, just for a fish, I'm thinking I, like, yeah. I, yeah. I think, uh, I was thinking about that, I mean, before we came on, why yeah. silver has been like, uh, you know, we've had massive inflation, massive money printing. I, I think it's because silver will ultimately be the destroyer of the dollar it will be the one at the end it will be silver who will win out um and that's why they have to keep it uh manipulated so much mm -hmm. um, because silver is really the money of the general public i, I would say yeah. gold is a good place to be as well but it's you know it's more wealth preservation but uh, yeah. yeah, I think silver will ultimately, uh, yeah, will go uh, outperform gold, and uh, that ratio will probably fall back towards fifteen to one. Yeah, I heard. I heard somebody else. Well, I think it was it was a video I was watching yesterday. Somebody gave some interesting points about how you know, due to the you know out of the ground, you know, it's it's nine nine to ten to one or whatever it is out of the ground these days. Who, who knows? But they threw out the idea of one to one. And I'm like, ah, like, oh, that, that, that's that's different. But yeah. and again, anything is possible when it's been suppressed so heavily yeah. that Something, when it pops, yeah. it popped a historical ratio that we never even imagined. So yeah. Anyway, oh man. So I, I'm looking at the chat. I see a, I see a lot of a lot of um, thoughts on the current events in uh, the Middle East. A lot of opinions, mm. a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Civil unrest, civil wars. Like it's very, very touchy subject. But then again, yeah, you know, I just don't don't focus primarily on that. Like that's don't let that be the focal point of your of your your viewpoints because they're covering they're using this for these events are all used for something. It has to do with the current monetary structure. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go and get some questions. Or oh, no, we didn't talk much about. Let's uh just real quick. I figure you know the military. Uh, a, a military strike in Syria. 
Uh, oh, I think yeah. that's something worth mentioning. That's very timely. Just the fact that, you know, the U.S. troops are present in a country where we're not wanted or invited. And we happen to bomb people that's attacking us in a country that we're not supposed to even be in. So that's uh, different. But yeah. yeah, but one third I heard one. Th I saw one third of the U.S. is occupied one third of Syria, according to this little video clip here. Uh, the U.S. occupies the naturally rich resource areas. That's and weird so, isn't it? because I thought Russia was the country that was invading other countries only. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. So will, will this, will these airstrikes be, because they're clearly trying to lure Iran into this. Like the, the end goal, I think, has always been Iran, according to what the general shared with us of the U.S.'s or the war states plan of touching every single Middle East country, every naturally rich oil rich, rich country and so the question is will iran bite will russia and china bite how will they respond to this yeah. because yeah. if it wasn't for russia syria Assad would been been gone yeah so what will the eastern hemisphere do now it's like the yeah. u.s makes a move then we wait wait to see what happens from the east what are you thinking well i, I was listening to uh Paul from the Sirius report, he was mm -hmm. actually saying that China, and I think it's come out in the news that China has uh, backed uh, Iran. You know, mm -hmm. they said uh, they re you have to respect Iran. So, yeah, that's what's worrying. <laughs> you know, I Iran is uh, like uh, kind of uh, allied now with Russia and China. And uh, mm -hmm. if uh, Iran is provoked or, or the West feels that Iran is, you know, in inciting uh, Hezbollah or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. we could see this uh, conflict really uh, spread. And, and that's, that's the worry. Yeah. Now I'm thinking like, okay. So, yeah. Not, yeah. Just like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, a global confrontation of that magnitude will not end well. Like there's no way of it no. ending well whatsoever, because there's going to be a, the bigger fool out of all that. And who's the most desperate? in my opinion, would be the Western yeah. world order and the things that they'll be willing to do is what scared, yeah. what was concerns yeah. me rather. Yeah, it's like get ugly. trying to retain control of the printing press. Basically, mm -hmm. that's what it is. It's the yeah. press that they have, which is the uh, fiat dollar. And it's interesting. I don't know if you saw uh, Gary Newsom uh, visited China the other day. Mm. He was uh, I'm not sure what he's doing there. Is, is Xi Jinping like blessing him as the candidate for the Democrats? Or <laughs> I, I, I was asking the same question. I'm thinking like I could see there being some type of talk about California because Newsom has basically gutted California and hollowed mm. it out. And so there's a lot of resource, a lot of land available there. There's a lot of suspicion about you know, a territory been purchased around U.S. assets by foreign interests. So he could literally be open up California as a, you know, as a state where you can come on in and invest and do what you got to do. Yeah. Or I'm sure they're already there. But anyway, he's selling out our country. That's basically what it boils down to, in my opinion. Nothing good comes from that. A governor going to see President Xi. So, well, um, yeah, the thing is, uh, ever since Nixon closed the gold window, all the deficits and current account deficits trade deficits uh basically that's selling out the country because we're you and the uk as well we buy stuff from other countries they take our debt and they take that and they buy real things here or, or right, in the right. u.s 
Uh, so yeah, it's not just uh, Newsom, and I'm not defending him, but it's been the policy ever since Nixon closed the gold window. All right. All right. Well, let's get to some questions. We have about what about, about thirty minutes. Let's get to some questions. Uh, yeah. So if you guys want to um, put some thoughts out there, bring a different perspective. Oh, yeah. I saw a comment here uh, from uh, where is it? It's a highlight at Manico 64 or at RTD so it'll stand out and we'll jump on it. Yeah, I, I saw a comment about the main and all the false flags. And I, I'm aware of all, all of that. I forgot who who made that comment. And uh, oh, yeah, it's Spark 2024. Spark 2024. Uh, Spark, Spark 2024. The Spark, main okay. Liberty, Stark, Cole, and others. Yeah. Uh, and I know about all, all of those. It's just that we need to be really careful uh, what we say on social media. Basically, mm -hmm. the main was uh, the pretext to start the Spanish American War in 1898. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a US battleship in the Havana Harbor and it sunk and, and uh, the newspapers in New York, especially specifically the, the Hearst new newspapers came out and said that Spain had sunk the main and that was a pretext to start the Spanish American war. And then you mm -hmm. have the uh, Liberty that was a, a US uh, naval ship that was sunk by the Israelis, uh, I think in 1967 um you know during that 67 war and yeah. uh, you know even rafi was saying that it took seven hours for the uh israel idf to react to uh the attack by hamas you know uh on october 7th so mm -hmm. you know it's the analogy is like um you buy security for your house you know you pay a lot a month and if something happens the security company comes and tries to defend your house but in this case, the security company didn't do anything. So there's yeah. that too. Good point. Good point. Uh, let me see. It's Ty Gordon says the market, uh, the market's fall will be legendary. Has any stock uh, market ever been this significantly inflated? <laughs> this synthetically inflated. Oh, uh, synthetic. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I, I would say uh, the Japanese uh, stock market bubble in the 80s that, you know, the Nikkei went to almost 40,000. And mm -hmm. I don't think it's even halfway there now. I don't know where yeah. the Nikkei is. That was really inflated. Uh, don't forget the uh, Imperial Palace in Tokyo, the land where it, what, where it is at the time in the late 80s was valued at more than all the real estate in California. So mm -hmm. that was a huge bubble. But I agree with you that this uh, they've been inflating this for, for, for eons and... Uh, <laughs> either either will collapse or it will just uh, be a crack up boom and hyperinflate and uh, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I, yeah, and I, I'm really I'm I'm really gonna lean on the idea that the definition of a collapse will be when they lose control of gold and silver, which are yeah. money. Like when they're yeah. not able to when they're not able to manipulate those numbers, yeah. then that's yeah. when the collapse. Will or, or the other explode. way to look at it is when the Dow gold ratio goes to one to one. You know, mm. that that's uh, it, and it might even go below one this time. You might be able to buy more than one Dow with an ounce, which has never happened. That would be mm. a collapse. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, RTD, what odds of Zerp and Burr if the current events don't spark a flight to safety in treasuries? Will the Fed front run their own cuts? Mm. Zerp and Burr, the current events uh, don't spark a flight. Oh, I think he means Zerp, uh, zero interest rate policy and money printing. The money printer. Yeah, what odds of Zerp and money if the current events don't spark a flight to safety? Ah, I'm not. Mario, you understand that? I'm not understanding that. Well, I think uh, basically saying if the uh, the current uh, geopolitical situation uh-huh. doesn't get worse, what? Uh-huh. Uh, but I, unfortunately, I think it will because that will be uh, the pretext for the Fed to come in and uh, do uh, what you know to save the system. It will be like 2020. They they yeah. brought, they brought like a you know that uh, beer thing, <laughs> and mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. justified that. You know, they had to do lockdowns and then they had the excuse of uh, to do a lot of money printing and cut rates. Yeah. Now, so like the flight to flight of safety and treasuries, like I'd imagine at this current moment, uh, the world's viewpoint on that narrative of a flight yeah. to safety and treasuries I don't think has that will changed. Be a, yeah. I, oh, I yeah. Mean, I don't see that flight to safety because treasuries safety, are no longer safe. Yeah. <laughs> the flight to safety will be in real things. Mm-hmm. Uh, old silver, you know, hard assets, you know, yeah. uh, commodities. Uh, yeah. yeah. Be- because, you know, if there were, were to be a conflagration or a war, major war, uh, yeah, the treasury market would probably be closed because they would freeze, probably mm. try to freeze as much treasuries as possible from their enemies. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think the, the Fed would ju- it would be like a fixed market. The, the, you know, the Fed will just say, oh, 10 year yield won't be able to go above two and a half percent. And that mm-hmm. happened during World War Two. There yeah. was yield curve control throughout World mm-hmm. War Two. Yeah. And at that uh, point, it's not because it's safe. It's because the government has to keep financing itself. Right. Uh, but the, the currency won't be worth much. Right, right, and, and 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 definitely at that point, the world will recognize that literally the U.S. has become a banana republic. Yeah. And, and speaking of which, let me share that uh that image. Let me where that image. No, that, no, uh, no offense to bananas. Yeah, <laughs> I like. <bananas. laughs> so speaking of which, I, I forgot that one uh clip. This one little uh image you sent me because the word banana republic stood out. <laughs> it stood yeah. out there. But this, what is this? What was this all about? Describe this. The M two well, money this, supply. I, I saw this on LinkedIn as a guy who uh, published these together. It wasn't me, but mm-hmm. you can see that M two uh, is shrinking the money supply, but velocity mm-hmm. is going up. And and he says, you know, velocity is up ten percent, uh, and the money supply is down five. But one of the reasons velocity is going up. Is because the velocity is GDP divided by money supply. Mm-hmm. So if velocity, you know, if the money supply is going down, it means velocity will go up. But he, he's saying Americans are losing purchasing power, and it's true. Americans Americans are rushing to spend just to keep pace with uh, price increases, rampant fiscal deficits as a substitute for minus twenty five percent in personal savings. So yeah, th- this could be. Uh, telling us that we could get major inflation, you know, major currency debasement. And I think he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. So that was just something I, because Banana Republic stood out. Yeah. Um, 
overseas demagogue it says what are your thoughts on the strategic stockpile act and the fact uh, and the fact silver isn't on it do you think the u.s mint is accumulating silver for the department of De- defense where is the mint on over the uh the cot report others um whoo that's a lot right there boy um what are your thoughts on the strategic stockpile? yeah uh, that- go ahead i, I don't I'm think from- the, uh officially the, i don't think the treasury uh uh has any silver stockpiles the only silver they buy is for the mint to uh, mint into coins. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, FASB 56, which is the accounting standards that was put in the books uh, under the Trump administration, allows in times of uh, national, you know, when the country's at war and there's a danger to national security for the Treasury to basically uh, uh, do uh, accounting off the books. So mm-hmm. it's very possible that they could be accumulating silver, but no one knows really because they could be using FASB 56 as an excuse. Good point. Good one. That was a good one. Um, uh, does any does an increasing velocity of money indicate the loss of faith in the dollar? Um, you know, just like uh, prior to this decrease in the money supply, money velocity was actually going down. And uh, a lot of people said, oh, that means prices can't go up. So not necessarily. It's just because the way they calculate money velocity. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. the money supply is going down, uh, it means that the velocity would be higher because it's the, the equation is GDP divided by money supply. And if the money supply is decreasing and GDP mm-hmm. is increasing, that number gets bigger, the velocity. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it shows that uh, the government, I think, is government and consumers are borrowing to spend because they know that the value of the dollar is going down. And that's despite the fact that money supply is going down. So here's an interesting thought here from Tim. Uh, It says Bitcoin is going to appreciate at a faster rate. Gold is going to fail. Eventually, people will sell all their gold and buy Bitcoin. So I have a thought about that. Based upon the fact that all eyes and all the current Wall Street hype is focused on this Bitcoin ETF, I wouldn't be surprised if Bitcoin rallies hard and faster and higher because that is a direct outlet for the inflationary pressures that you know will come about as they reverse yeah. course and start pumping currency into the system. Yeah. Bitcoin will be a beneficiary, true, because I'm sure they would like that to happen. Because uh, on the opposite of that, they don't want to see the system break and that collapse talk that we talked about where gold takes off. Gold is a signal of the end of fiat. Yeah. Bitcoin is a, is a lifeline for fiat. So and, and I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. I mean, uh, to his uh, comment there, gold will fail. Yeah, I, I, don't, believe, I don't believe that. I mean, uh, I go, this will never fail. I mean, I could bury it in the <laughs> ground. Someone could dig it in a thousand years and still be there. Mm-hmm. You can't do the same for Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is uh, just an idea, a concept. Mm-hmm. It's not mm-hmm. real. Uh, and uh, I think even, you know, when uh, Larry Fink comes out and says that Bitcoin is the uh, safe haven 
<laughs> you know, you know, there's something going on, <laughs> mm-hmm. especially when uh, BlackRock has been buying a, a lot of uh, GLD, I think, or SLV. SLV, SLV. Yeah. They, like, was it the Sprout, Sprout SLV? Like, yeah. they're the they're the biggest yeah. hold. They're the one yeah. they're the one of the biggest holders. Like, why yeah. are they running into silver like that? I'm so. Sorry to say that. Uh, I think yeah, Bitcoin might go up, uh, but it's a uh, ultimately, you know, it's a big distraction, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people will do well uh, uh, with it, but I think there'll come a day where the powers that be will just uh, flush it down to zero, and a lot of people are going to be left uh, holding the bag, while yeah. silver that and gold, they will never go to zero. So right. that's my answer to uh, that comment. Right. Right. I'd be that. And I, th- I just what I think, you know, digital asset space is intentionally used as a fiat escape, escape hatch for the hyper well, i want to say hyper but the hyperinflationary policies that's coming like you know so yeah the, and again the, i think in the end it's going to be some vulnerabilities with that it's going to be some vulnerabilities or some network issues that will really shake confidence drastically down the line that'd be my thought uh he goes another he says gold is too expensive to hold it's centralized it's centralized and it's centralized and people can steal it from you and gold miners keep debasing it by making more gold. <laughs> now, well, there hasn't been a, a big gold discovery in more than 20 years. So, uh, and uh, there is no debasement by gold miners. And the, the other thing is uh, gold is not expensive. It's a fiat currency that's becoming worth less and less. And you can always buy, you know, uh, you don't have to buy an ounce of gold. Uh, you mm-hmm. could use glint and buy a gram of gold or mm-hmm. even buy a gram of uh, physical gold uh, yeah. or silver. Silver is still cheap. And I think silver is just the uh, a cousin of gold, so to speak, or the, the right. son of gold. <laughs> Here's another question. that says, if the Treasury decides to restart their Treasury buying back program, will that further kick the debt can down the road? No, I think the buyback is just a way of trying to control the yield curve. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the the you know they they would instead of uh they would issue more two years, right? And then buy the 10 year. So mm-hmm. the amount of that would still be the same. They're just trying to keep the 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 cost of uh the longer end uh, lower. But uh yeah <laughs> the uh yeah it it probably will help a little bit but it's just a gimmick for more financial engineering. Yeah. Uh, what else here? Let me see. Uh, Manico is gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, you know the, uh, the thing about the buyback? It's just like uh, you, you know, let's say you have uh, a lot of debt mm-hmm. and, and you just consolidate it and you, you put it in another credit card that charges you lower. That's mm-hmm. what the buyback is all about. Just think of it, you know, the Treasury has a huge credit card bill yeah. and they want to consolidate that. So they'll just uh, get rid of a lot of their credit cards and put it in another in a credit card that charges less. That's all it is. <laughs> the debt is still going to be there. Yeah. It's like it's like cash back, yeah. uh, like that concept. No, like you know, you gotta, you gotta any, where you spend, the more you get back. It's like okay, what happened to just parking, letting it grow? I don't think you'll get any cash back, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, we we about forty minutes, man. Um, a lot of good interaction in the chat, man. Appreciate you guys for sharing your thoughts, and uh, of course, throwing out some some curveballs to uh, you know try to catch us off guard there. But we appreciate you. 
Um, so we're back at it, man. Uh, Fridays at noon, and uh, hopefully try to get back on schedule, best as our schedules allow. So if you guys have enjoyed this, hit the thumbs up button. Uh, what else we got? The Fed is it? What, what's next week's uh, first Fed meeting? Of November or? first of November is the Fed is next week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Fed, we're gonna be here. Here, what comes from there? Yeah, I don't think they'll change any rates or anything. But uh, yeah. True. True. I, so what I see, I think Canada just uh, paused, and so they're now they're on a pausing phase. ECB uh, as well. They paused yesterday, I think. Yeah. yeah. So now it's like pause, wait and see what damage they've done, and then react to it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, people, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, get out, enjoy some fresh air. Love your love. Hug your loved ones. Call a friend you haven't talked to in a while. Check on them and say hello. Just, you know, spread love amongst all this division and destruction out here. Find a way to be a blessing to people. But yeah. other than that, that's all I got to say. Any last thoughts, Mario? PNL. PNL, peace and love? Yeah. Uh, there was a, <laughs> when I grew up in Brazil, there was a Japanese golf club called PNL. And it's, uh -huh. no, peace and liberty. It's peace and liberty. Fair, yeah. fair enough. All right, good people. Enjoy your weekend. See you guys later. Peace.